The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS. That's code ROSS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. If you'd like to make your NFL games a little more interesting, you've come to the right place. It's the Even Money Podcast with Ross Tucker and Steve Fezzik. And Vegas, baby, Vegas. It is the Even Money Podcast, ranked everywhere as one of the top 10 best betting podcasts in the United States, which is awesome. I am merely the host, Ross Tucker a former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years, classic journeyman. Check me out on social media, please, at Ross Tucker NFL, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, wherever you're at, I am there. We are at Ross Tucker Pod, so you can check out, like today, Greg Cosell was awesome on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Andrew Brandt was amazing yesterday, going over the Broncos franchise value and the Rams contracts and the latest with Deshaun Watson, which is just one of the things we need to address in a little bit with my guy, Steve Fezzik, the only two-time winner of the Super Contest at the Westgate at Fezzik Sports. We are joined today once again. Seems like he joined us maybe every four months, at least during golf stuff, when there's golf stuff coming on. Although he's the NFL guy for CBS Sports, so we love him as the NFL guy, too. I love Will because Will's a golf guy, he's a tennis guy, he's a beer guy, he's a football guy, and he's at Will Brinson on social media. What's up, Will? Uh, yeah, I, I do like golf, beer, tennis, and football. I have a uh, very unique middle-aged uh, adult male in America who, who has a, a passion for golf, beer, and football. And like so many others, I'm, I'm a little, <laughs> little beer-loving snowflake out here. What's All up? right, so I've got a bunch of questions. <laughs> I don't follow golf that closely. It's U.S. Open week. I know that's a big week. But I, I want to kind of take a step back. I know what Steve looks for, Will. Steve looks for opportunity. Steve looks for opportunities to pounce. All I've heard the last two weeks is about this live golf tour that got Mickelson and Dustin Johnson and DeChambeau and Patrick Reed and blah, blah, blah. Okay. So before we get into what it means for the U.S. Open, can you give us like the Cliff Notes version of – the live tour because 
all my follow-up questions about how to bet the U.S. Open and how to bet Live Tour kind of stem from what you're going to say about what we know about the Live Tour and these guys that are going over there. Okay, I'm going to try and do it. I'm going to try to do something that I stink at, which is do this efficiently and quickly and describe the Live Tour. But basically, a uh, bunch of the Live Tour is, is run by Greg Norman, the Shark. 20 career wins, one less than Roy McIlroy, as you may have heard after you know, last <laughs> week's win. It is Saudi – it is Saudi it – is ba- it is financially backed by Saudi money, and that's what has everybody up in a tizzy about it, in addition to the fact that there's no cut. It's only 54 holes. It's a shotgun start, so it's basically like your typical – if you go out and you're playing in a, in a regular random tournament at your, at your local course, everybody starts on the same you – know, everybody, everybody starts at the same time. And, like, the way the scoreboard looks, it's like three holes to go, right? Um, then for the final round, I believe that they actually pair up and play it sort of more normal. Um, and everybody, there's no cut, so everybody gets paid. And basically a large contingent of PGA players who will tell you for various reasons why they went, but the real reason, they all just went for money. There's so much money over there. Phil Mickelson made $200 million as a signing bonus to go on the live tour. That is the combined career PGA tour earnings. It's more than the combined PGA career earnings of Tiger Woods and Dustin Johnson combined. Like Phil Mickelson made that in one stroke. So it's like, this is complete. This is not, this is not apples and oranges. This is like um, limes and a rolled up wad of hundred dollar bills. Like that's what you're comparing fruit wise. When you start talking about the, the finances behind these and that's sort of, I guess the shorter version. What okay. if I told you Ross that the world series of poker main event, everyone knows that's where you can win the most money ever. All right. What if I told you, you could end and not only enter in the world series of poker main event, have your entry fee comped. Oh, and by the way, we're just going to go ahead and guarantee that you're going to make the final 48 of the yep. 6,600 players. Everyone's going to start with an equal stack. You're in the money. Final 48. The 48th place guy makes about 120000 The first place guy makes like $6 million plus. But guess what? Not only do you get to do that, which would be the chance of a lifetime, obviously, you get to do that each and every week because the numbers I just spoke about – yeah, those are what the World Series of Poker main event pays. That's also what the Live Tour pays at every single tournament. Charles Strong. Charles Schwartzel made, and I'm just, just getting this from a tweet. So he won, right? He made $4.75 million for winning. That is three times as much money as he made for winning the 2011 Masters. Like Charles Schwartzel, the most one of the most random Masters winners of all time, made three times the purse from 2011 last weekend at this like Jabroni Live Opening Tour event. Okay, so I purposely do you see how I'm surrounded by money? Like that. Yes, but I, I I purposely don't follow current events that closely or like world news or politics. Why is everybody so up in arm about this? Oh, boy. Uh, you want to take this one, Steve? <laughs> because Saudi Arabia has this long history of, like, human rights violations. They're like the enemies. We're still blaming them for 9-11, and I'm not sure we're wrong. And yet all these people are selling their souls out to work with this 
organization. Anyone that follows professional wrestling knows that like the the Ayatollah is the enemy, right? Who, who saw the movie The Wrestler, and yet people are saying money is king. How big a yacht are you going to water ski behind, Gordon Gecko? Um, all these golfers are showing the true colors. Big Fatso Shambo. Hey, I'm going to make my five million instead of my one million. I'm going and working with the Arabs. I mean, and look, I don't. I really, I, mean, I really don't want to get in trouble at any point for talking about. It. But you know what? I don't. I mean, I don't. I mean, I care. But like, look, here's the thing. Like, I'm pretty sure that like Joe Biden, the president of the United States of America, is going to visit Saudi Arabia the next two weeks. Like, I know I read that somewhere. Like, I get it that they have a long history uh, of problematic stuff. But at the same time, like, I, I do think that maybe the commentary, like Phil Nicholson did his press conference yesterday, and Golf Channel eviscerated him for like 20 minutes. Like, oh, the soul of golf is up for grabs. But it's like it's gotten a little heavy-handed and a little over the top. Yes, these guys are selling out for money. That's the bottom line. But, like, if, I feel pretty confident that if you went to the Golf Channel um, analyst and said, hey, you can make $4 million this year for analy- for covering the live tour. Like, I don't know, a pretty big percentage of them are going to go. And it's, it's got interesting. So at the U.S. Open practice round, uh, I, somebody, I didn't see the full video of this, but apparently Jordan Spieth um, went up to, I guess, Rory and was like, hey, man, congrats, like big win, it's cool. And Kevin Nah. And somebody else were right there. And Kevin Na threw a head, like a, a you know, a head bob to Spieth. And Spieth just spun on his heels and walked away. So there's like an actual like divisive factions building between the players who left for live and the players who are on the PGA Tour for fairly obvious reasons. Like they feel like these guys sold out and are helping take down the PGA Tour, which, you know, Roy, these younger guys all back the tour. Uh, it's mostly like older, like, you know, Phil. Yeah, Phil is in a weird spot. I mean, he's got you know, he went full like Hogan and grew out the beard. You know, like he's he's, he's in a he's in a bizarre place. Um, the um, but like they're they're just it's it's clearly like a certain type of player like DeChambeau. Like we knew he was going to sell out. Patrick Reed, we knew he was going to sell out. You know, it's it's a very clear type of player who left for the Live Tour, and it'll be very interesting this week to see how they perform under the microscope of a you know of an of a, of a USGA major. Um, on American soil, having done, you know, having left for the live tour one week earlier. I have a million questions. <laughs> there's a lot. I, there's a lot going on. So, so Steve, are you intimating that you wouldn't do it? Not at all, because <laughs> you know the, the the bottom line is, you know, there's plenty of you know, human rights violations and problems we have in our own country. So to say that we're perfect. And everybody else isn't. I can't even play freaking like I can't even gamble in Texas. I mean, right. come on. We're, we're, correct me if I'm wrong. Where we like we like escape England, the Puritans, because of their like onerous rules regarding things, and yet we become you know what what we we're fleeing from. And England on any Seven Eleven, we can bet on anything we want. Um, but, so, but bottom, wait, hold on. doesn't the NBA make like millions of dollars from China and doesn't China have a lot of human rights violations? Yeah, yeah I mean, exactly. Bottom line is there's human rights violations going on everywhere. Where have you been if you're not paying attention? So I would, of course, I would go over to the live and I play golf and I just justify it by taking 10% of my check and, and finding like, like I, you know, personally, I wouldn't just give it to some random charity. 
I'd find it some, some, some really hardworking single parents out there that have special needs children, and I just donate it directly to them rather than give it to some administrator that gets to decide who's deserving. So I'd find a way to make that charity money work, and I'd feel good and sleep well at night. Okay, so that leads me to this. How do we capitalize on this? Do we do matchups and we bet on Shambo and Reed to miss the cut or to be terrible? Steve, I know you cut. always talk about matchups, no right? Say, go yeah, ahead, yeah, well, sorry. There's, there's no uh, cut. There's no cut in the live in the live tours. Oh no, I'm sorry. I'm talking about the U.S. Open now. Oh, oh I, I think you nailed it. Sorry, sorry. Um, I, I think in the matchups with all this distractions and NFL betting 101, the distracted team is not the team we want to bet on. So I would think that if you randomly just bet against every live tour dude that's playing in the U.S. Open in their matchups and you bet each and every one, I think you turn a small profit. Now you want to listen to Will to tell you which specific ones you want to bet against so you can turn a small profit into a larger profit. Go ahead, Will. Who are we betting against? I, I mean, well, Bryson, all right, so what's crazy about this U.S. Open, and um, I try to do this well, and I actually think – By the way, Will, do you yeah. do you agree with what Steve just said, essentially betting? Steve never likes the needle in the haystack. He likes matchups. So do you agree with basically betting against all the live guys? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think you want to blindly bet against every single live guy because there are different circumstances surrounding each one of them. Like Kepka, Brooks Kepka, for instance um, – has been reported that he's going to go, but we haven't actually seen him go. And he's been tweeting weird stuff, but he also got married two weeks ago. So, like, that's a, I mean, you got a whole lot going on in that headspace. Like, Brooks is like 50 to one, 45 to one to win the US Open, which is crazy. Uh, that's at least intriguing if he, except for the marriage and the lift thing. Like, that's just too much peripheral, peripheral stuff. But yeah, I, I think that Steve, in general, yes, is correct that you would want to target these live guys because. It is the, it is just like the, the old NFL or college football axiom. It's like if this team is distracted, if this team has a lot going on, you know, like I, I know that personally when, when I've got – when I'm in a good space, like in my personal life, I play golf at a much better level. Like if I don't have anything in between my ears, I am a substantially better golfer than I am when like I got something going on you know, at home or at work or whatever it is, you know? And so I do think that that matters. I mean, you know, these guys are professionals. They can tune it out, but at the same time, like that's going to impact your preparation. Phil Mickelson didn't get asked, how's your game, Phil? He got asked 30 questions about the live tour and then he got eviscerated on golf channel for two hours afterwards. So like it's impossible to avoid. So yes, in that sense, I think that fading these live guys, it's probably, um, a, a generally a good approach. I, I would assume that there's some of that baked into the prices as well, though. Well, that's what I was going to say, Steve. If you're saying that and Will's saying that, don't you think the people setting the lines have already sort of accounted for that? No, because the people setting the lines are not very good at what they do for a living, bottom line. Um, and further, they're all grounded. Even some of the betters are just grounded in all these analytics and they have their power rating on DeChambeau and Mickelson and other guys. And they're going to go with the power ratings to set their initial numbers because it's so nebulous in terms of what adjustment should be made. What about um, taking that the, the live guys aside for a second, Will? Is there anything else U.S. Open betting related 
that you feel strongly about? Because I want to get into the live tour then in a second, but I'm just curious, anything else U.S. Open related that you feel strongly about or, or a guy you really like? This is really interesting. So I'm just looking at DraftKings since they're the sponsor of your podcast. Thank you. Thank yeah, you for doing that. Um, you can find Dustin Johnson at like 40 to 1 in some spots. And I know he's a live guy too, but like he's still DJ. Like DJ can turn it on in a, in a heartbeat and just win the U.S. Open because he's Dustin Johnson. I, he hasn't been playing that great of golf. At, but if you look at it, it's, it's different at DraftKings. He's 28 to 1 at DraftKings. Which is a little, that's a little low for what I would want. Um, but in some spots, he's actually uh, a longer odds than guys like Matthew Fitzpatrick, Sam Burns, Will Zalatoris. Um, oh, my God. Colin Morikawa is 30 to 1 on DraftKings. Like, that's an automatic bet. I mean, that's 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 Kyle Morikawa should never be 30 to one at any golf tournament. He is the best iron player in the world. Uh, he hits the ball straight off the tee. Now chipping in this, this uh, Brookline, like short game is going to be a problem. The rough is going to be a problem. Um, there's a video of uh, Ted Scott, who's Scotty Scheffler's caddy. And he went out on, I want to say it was number nine, but I could be wrong. And basically went out to the fairway. And he's like, here's where, He's like, here's a possible landing spot for your ball off the tee. And he dropped it. And he's like, if you hit it right here, like if you go full driver, it's going to land right here. And it rolls down the hill and into the rough. And he's like, now watch this. And he walks up a, like a yard or like a yard and a half. And he drops the ball. And it runs down this hill, screams through the rough, and goes into the water. And like this is like a tee shot that hits the fairway. This is going to be a diabolical, difficult course and you're going to want guys who can scramble a little bit. That's my one concern with Morikawa, that his short game can fail him at times, and he's not necessarily an elite putter. Um, I think I think a guy like uh, Joachim Neiman makes a lot of sense. 40-1 to 1 is a really good price. Max Homa at 45-1 to 1 is, a, is, a, is a pretty good look as well on DraftKings. And then I'm trying to see if there's anybody else down. The, I mean, man, DeChambeau is 80-1. to 1. That's kind of insane. But, I, I mean, I hate him. I don't want to bet him. Um, I mean, I think – that's sort of the range that I'm probably targeting for this tournament. Obviously, Rom can win. Twelve to one is just you know, just too short. But I, I I want guys like a in the twenty five to forty range. I think for this particular tournament, and I want guys who are straight off the tee, great iron players, guys who have performed at an elite level on the highest stage. Because this is going to be a real test of your like willpower and your ability to focus and, and to to play a high level of golf and and guys who can scramble a little bit have enough of a short game where if they get into trouble, the rough isn't going to kill them. You know what you need to do, Will? You need some bold button-downs from Express. You need to find statement shirts in bright colors, prints that pop, and lightweight fabrics, or some polos. Kick it old school. Vintage-inspired polos made for my living. I just did both these. I just ordered both these. From Express. I got a button down short sleeve. I got a polo. You know why? Because when I like to go out at the beach, I like to have new shirts that I like. Find something for every destination at Express online or in store. My go to destination for summer style. All right, let's get to the live tour now. With these rules, what is the way to bet live to? I mean, how many events even are there? They don't have them when there's a major, right? No. Huh? Well, so part of the thing they want, too, is they want their guys. So, I mean. They want their guys to play in majors and do well. 
I mean, people were like, oh, this publicity is so bad. It's like, what are you talking about? Like, this is all anybody's talking about is the live tour. And then they're going straight to a major and all the guys are going to be playing in it. Um, there's There were some rumors. I don't think the Masters actually banned anybody. There were some rumors Augusta might do that. And then maybe the RNA could follow suit. But the important thing about the majors as it relates to the PGA Tour and the live tour is that none of the majors are run by the PGA Tour. You know, the Augusta is run by or the Masters are run is run by Augusta. The British Open is run no, by the RNA. PGA Tour's got no juice, man. Well, I mean, they can ban them from PGA Tour events, like Jay Moynihan can, but they can't ban them from any of the majors unless the governor is the USGA, the PGA of America, which is not the same as the PGA Tour, the RNA, and then Augusta. So, like, those groups have to step up and ban the live guys. There's been some discussion that that could happen. Uh, the RNA is not happy about it. Uh, Augusta's not happy about it. But, like, would they really go so far as to ban a guy like Phil Mickelson, who's won multiple green jackets? And I guess Patrick Reed would be, like, not that big a deal to ban because he's, you know, whatever. But, I mean, you know, like, like, are they really going to take – like, is, are they going to ban Dustin Johnson from Augusta? Like, that would be crazy. So, yes, the live, the live will not have um, events on major weekends, I wouldn't think. Okay, so, but with the 54 holes, no cut, shotgun, what does it mean? Like, what – I don't know, Steve. Steve, have you talked to your golf guys? Is there a certain way to bet these events? Because I of tell the you world? what, I tell you what, I hate the shotgun start because my guys love weather changes over the course of a of a day, and there are certain days where the wind's going to blow. The conditions are much worse in the afternoon. If you can get a matchup with an afternoon guy against a morning guy, you're going to kick butt with that information. Well, you can throw that in the garbage can now if everybody's playing at exactly the same time. So there's one advantage card that's taken away from pros that like to focus on weather differences, course differences, different times of the day. Yeah, it's a huge, it's a huge I mean, like, you think about the, um, the PGA Championship, right? Cameron Smith won. There was, I believe it was like the final tally was like whatever wave that – Camps the it was either the AMPM or the PMA. I can't remember which one it was, but the 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 way the wave that got an advantage had a one and a half stroke advantage over the other wave, which is just like an obscene amount of like disparity between those two. And as Steve points out, with the live, you're not going to get that because everyone is going off at the same time. All the weather is the same. You can't you can't target maybe a a, a discrepancy with the odds on a particular matchup in that spot. Two other questions for you guys, because uh, I do want to get to one NFL, one NBA. NBA Finals, Warriors are up 3-2, mm. game six is whatever day, and uh, what is it, Thursday maybe? Yes. Um, probably Thursday. They, they drag them out. It's unbelievable. But uh, do you have any bet on that, Steve? Any, any thought on Warriors-Celtics, game six? I would lean to Celtics, but when did home court advantage become worth four points in the NBA? That's how it's being priced every game. The home team's laying four. So there's a big tax on Boston. I'll probably play Boston first half. I lost with Boston first half game five. But um, Golden State, it, it, it didn't happen. I got every game five bet wrong. Every single bet. But the bottom line is Golden State's great in the third quarter. So if you're going to bet Golden State, look for a way to get at them in the third quarter. If you bet Boston, look to avoid the third quarter. And that means probably look at Boston in the first half in that game. Uh, Almost a knee jerk for me. Game sixes and game sevens, I play under. Open 211, I played under the 211. 
in um, in game six. Any thoughts, Will? I mean, I just want my Celtics future, my 28 to 1 Celtics future to cash. And it looked like it was great. And now it looks like it's dead. But that's probably me being reactionary. Um, Why I think did you get in on that. Um, I don't know the exact date, but a couple months ago. I had this, I had 13 to 1 to win the East. I mean, like, I'm, I'm, I'm up net on it. Uh, although I've lost the Celtics the last two games, unfortunately. I, I mean, I think, I think they'll find a way to, Get it to game seven, but man, I mean, hold on a second. That was just you had him 13 to one to win the east, 22 to one to, or 28 to one or 22 to one. I think 28 to one could be 23 to 28 one. 28 to one. Steve, shouldn't he be betting the Warriors the last two games? Probably, yeah. It depends. It depends who he likes game six and game seven. Depends how much he bet. So, this goes back to our hedging question. We don't like to hedge. It sounds like Will still likes Boston. So think about this. He thinks a gun to his head, if he hadn't made a bet, he'd be betting Boston. And now he has to bet Golden State. So that's a negative EV bet. We don't like those. So given that's the case, I think psychologically, it's rarely wrong when you have a bet at a 28 to 1. And I'm sure it's 28 to 1 because Will would never play 22 to 1 because 13 to 1 would have been odd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that, that, that's right. Yeah, it's definitely 13. I know it was 13, so it's got to be 28. And he bet it back in February when Boston turned the corner after they stunk, you know, the first half of the year and clearly were starting to kick on all cylinders and their point differential was great, but their overall record wasn't. Um, so the bottom line is let's say Will had $1,000 at 22 to 1. I personally. I wouldn't, it wouldn't, the math wouldn't support it, but I'd say, you know what? We're going to come out of this with the profit. We're going to bet enough on stupid Golden State <laughs> plus the points game six and then, and then game seven so that we get at least make a few dollars and we can go out to uh, the chart house and celebrate a small win because the ticket is just so darn good. You hate to like bagel with it and wind up losing on it. It does, it does stink to like, we always called it uh, so, like the, the opposite of hedging. We called it a Joey T because we had our, our boy in college, um, Joey <laughs> T, obviously, uh, bet on Cuse to win the the national championship. And when they got to the finals with Mello against against Carolina, we're like, "Bro, are you going to hedge this?" He's like, "No, I'm betting more on Syracuse." We're like, "Okay." And so we call the it's just, it's just a double down, but we call it a Joey T. Um, I erroneously tried to Joey T the Celtics last night. <laughs> that's what that's what Stu Unger used to do. He'd get to the finals of a poker tournament, all right, and his opponent would say, "Hey, you want to chop this?" And Stu Unger, it would, they're playing for a million, and Stewie would say, "How about we double it? And we play for another million. God, you're ratcheting up the pressure on the other guy. <laughs> exactly right. Hey, real quick on these, um, I hate the needle and haystack bets, but if you're going to make them right now at circa at the U.S. Open, uh, Jeff Benson just um, tweeted. Their hold is only 18%. A lot of books hold 36%. Wow. So literally, you're going to get some payouts that are almost double as good at Circa as you will at other books. So look, your first stop shopping place is to go to Circa to look to bet on guys like Colin um, and, and anyone else. More yeah. So, okay. My last question for you guys. Are there – I'm a DraftKings Sportsbook right now because I was going to say to you guys – the more information that comes out about Deshaun Watson, the more it sounds like the suspension is going to be more or maybe doesn't play at all this year. DraftKings does not have a win total up for the Browns. Do, do other books or is he off the board everywhere, Steve? 
Circa has it at nine, slight shade to the under. Alternative total under eight plus two dollars plus two hundred. You know that's worth the look. You know a derivative bet that I'd recommend right now. I don't really like the Bengals. I don't like the Steelers. The Browns are in shambles right now, and Baltimore should have a bounce back. Baltimore at two to one to win the division. Yes, there's a best bet for you that I think has solid value. So the Ravens, uh, I agree 100 percent of the Ravens. They so the 49ers, you guys know about adjusted games loss with football outsiders. Basically, it's like it calculates how many how many games lost for injury, right? So the 49ers were the most of any team in 2020, including COVID, including COVID games for 2020. The 49ers lost 165-ish adjusted games lost in the 2020 season, right? That led the it led the NFL. It was like 30 games clear of the next closest team. In 2021, the Ravens were at 190. Like they, the Ravens were absolutely obliterated by injury last year. That there is a regression to the mean when it comes to those injuries in football. It's just random luck, uh, typically speaking. With with teams that aren't Washington or or the Chargers, there, there's going to be some <laughs> regression to the mean. Like seriously, those are the only two teams that just always stay hurt. I mean, I wonder what could, what it could be. It's probably not the training staff. Anyway, um, Baltimore, great bounce back spot. I think Watson's going to get eight games minimum, and I agree with Steve completely. Two to one is just a misprice. They should be favored to win the division. Absolutely love it. Terrific job by Will Brinson. Always check him out at Will Brinson on social media. Check Steve out at Fezzik Sports. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. We are at Ross Tucker Pod. Other than that, good luck, everybody. Hope you guys win some money. Thanks for listening to the Even Money Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, the Fantasy Feast, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.